Laura Jones joins us now from here in Vancouver to talk about uh, the the headlines uh, in, in the paper the other day, which talk about small businesses and an uptick in business bankruptcies. Laura Jones, good morning and welcome back. Good morning. Nice to be back. Well, it's good to have you with us, Laura. Always fun to have you on the show, even though today it's not a very fun topic we have to talk about, as you at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, uh, following along with the uh, business bankruptcies, you and I have talked about this a lot through the pandemic, and StatsCan is now releasing numbers this week that suggest business bankruptcies, small business particularly, Laura, have been on the rise since May of last year with no end in sight. And yet you tell us, in a report the day after that a lot of your members aren't interested in going bankrupt. They'll just stop, turn the keys in the door, and walk away. That's right. Uh, Bankruptcy is a kind of formal proceeding, and so a lot of businesses don't choose to declare bankruptcy. Only about one in ten, according to our um, membership survey results, would choose to stop operating their business in that way. It's far more likely to just as you say, turn the key and kind of say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, pay my bills and I'm just going to, I'm just going to have my closing sale or do whatever I'm going to do to close. And I'm going to walk away from the business. And we've got about 46% of members saying that that's how they would choose to do it. Um, A lot of uncertainty too. a lot of people saying, Oh, not sure. And they may not be there. Um, So really the bankruptcy numbers that stats can report the bottom line on that is they're the tip of the iceberg. That's only about 10%. Now, you and I have been talking uh, pretty regularly throughout the pandemic, and you were monitoring and talking to us about the surveys you were doing with your members right from coast to coast in Canada. And and even at that time, starting to note uh, the casualties, if you will, of the pandemic, that number and that trend really hasn't dissipated at all, has it, Laura? No, and I think you have to remember that the supports, the major supports ended um, in the spring, in May. And so a lot of businesses were hanging in, you know, can I make it? Can I with with support once things are open again? Are my customers going to come back to the degree that it makes sense for me to stay open? And they're now starting to make those tough, really tough decisions um, to close, close the doors. And there are three kind of big challenges that businesses are are facing right now. You know, the first is that they came out of the pandemic with debt. Yes. So businesses took on a lot of debt across Canada. The average is $158,000 of debt that they're carrying. And that sounds like a big number until you hear the BC number, which is even bigger at $226,000. And so that's pandemic related debt. We're not talking about other business debts. We're talking about just to get through the pandemic. That's a big bill for a small business. Sure. And so that's, and it's very stressful. So you're coming out of a pandemic with debt um, for many businesses, not all, but but the majority of businesses have debt and the average is 226000 in BC. Then your revenues aren't back to where they were mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. So over half of businesses, 54%, so just about half, just over half of businesses are saying their revenues are not back to where they were before the pandemic. So that's the second big challenge. And then the third big challenge, as all of us know, costs have gone up. Um, And so that's everything from the cost of borrowing to, um, you know, the cost of getting um, goods into your business to the cost of labor, um, if you can even find labor. 
So those are three pretty big headwinds that businesses are facing right now. And I've said this on your show before, but um, at various points in the pandemic, when things were more open, that things look normal. They look like they, you know, the, the parking lots can be full or the, you know, the shops are open and the smiles are there and the displays are out and the goods are there and the restaurant servers are hustling. They look normal, um, but things still are for businesses are not are, are, are very far from where they were pre-pandemic. Interesting. You talk about the three challenges the and, and number three included, as you, you, you put it down as cost, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, we were talking with Jeff Guignard from the uh, Able BC uh, dealing with, you know, the hospitality sector specifically in BC uh, now dealing with uh, the crippling effects of a strike. Uh, uh, basically, uh, labor is a problem still, uh, not only exclusively by any means in the hospitality industry, but there are, we still have problems right across the board, Laura, finding enough people to do all the jobs that are still wanting to be done. It's totally across the board. And, you know, as a as a, a talking head for um, aggregator for, for small businesses, I can tell you it's a problem, but there's nothing like hearing the voice of small business. I'm just going to read you one quote from our survey, and okay. they're all different kinds, but I'm going to read you a quote from an actual business owner. As the owner of a small woodworking business, I had to go back into the shop after losing one of my two employees because I couldn't find anyone with experience. It takes a year and a half to train a well-rounded employee. I'm not physically able to work nonstop, so I'm going to shut down in June 2022. So there are different versions of this story we're hearing all the time mm-hmm. now. I mean, there's different reasons, but they often have to do with the, um, the, the, the business owner themselves not being able to put in the kind of hours that would be required given they can't find uh, the staff. Um, the second element of this this business, what this business owner in the construction sector is is saying that that's true is just training. You know, it takes a lot to train staff, and it can really burn out the business owner too. When you're you're hiring, you're training, you put the investment in, and then they leave. And so um, you've got all kinds of headwinds again for small business um, right now. And I, I don't mean to be just totally negative sterling you you know that business owners are a very there are lots of business owners that are doing well and they're very um resilient lot and if anyone can rise to these challenges it's small business owners and And they've been doing it for for all through the pandemic it's just that people are tired you know but and we're you know we're seeing staff exactly we're seeing staffing shortages and and crises in many industries and sectors of the economy and you're right you know in terms of the small business laura it really quite frequently falls on the shoulders of the owners mom and dad or the the brothers or whatever the original partnership is those two people end up running the business because they can't find anybody and literally they run out of gas yeah, if they're a hotel, they're making the beds. If they're in the if they're in the hospitality sector, they're you know they're washing. If they're in the restaurant sector, they're washing the dishes and they're they're helping to serve. They're filling in the gaps, and um, and it's you know it, it, it's a lot. So you and I have talked about this in the past. Uh, I'd like to hear your take on it now that the all of the, as you pointed out, all of the supplement and and the support payments have stopped. So what's the problem in terms of the labor force now? Do you reckon, Laura, given the fact that the, nobody's getting uh, any SERB uh, uh, payments or anything like that being paid not to work? So what's the deal? Well, you know, there's just a lot of there's been a lot of shifting around. Um, people have left certain sectors 
and then need to be retrained. One we're, one we're all familiar with, an example that's not small business, but, you know, everyone's heard about the travel delays and, mm-hmm. you know, and the security challenges. Well, all of those people left those jobs. And so I was talking to someone at security um, recently when I was traveling and they were, they were saying, well, we just have to retrain all these. We have to hire and then retrain and it takes time. So part, part of part of that is going on. People left um, if they were working as um, servers in, in the restaurant sector. Um, if they didn't have work, they left. They did something else. They like it. They're sticking with that. So there's a, sh- a shift around there. And there was a recent report out, um, Sterling, also talking about how a lot of people in the 55 to 65-year-old um, age demographic have kind of, I think COVID's given them a little um, reality check about how short life can be. And yes. many of them are retiring early. So, And on top of that, I mean, Canada had a looming labor um, uh, challenge with labor structural challenge we have the uh, as a percentage of our population the biggest baby boom um bump you know of, of people in that boom leaving the labor force mm-hmm. as well so you know there's some structural things happening that we knew pre-pandemic were going to be happening and then the pandemic has kind of scrambled some eggs as well so uh, final question to you and it's always uh, just just a real treat to have you on the show Laura. we do appreciate you getting up a little early on the weekend to join us once again talk to us a little bit about you mentioned this is one of the challenges uh, interest rates. Uh, We're going to have another bump uh, in a few weeks, probably not to the same extent as the last one, but the cost of borrowing is going to increase yet again. And that's another whack on a lot of small businesses, isn't it? It is actually. We um, we did ask recently if uh, you know how big a challenge this would be. We were curious about how many how many. We knew there was a lot of borrowing, and we were also curious about um, you know how many people were on um, fixed versus variable kind of rates. And um, there's no question that interest rates going up is challenging for businesses. Seventy um, percent say they were negatively impacted by the Bank of Canada, the recent interest rate. Um, hikes, and you know, I understand what the Bank of Canada is doing. Their their job is to worry about inflation, and that is also, um, a, you know, can be a very big challenge for the economy. But it's just another cost that's going up. Our message to governments, frankly, um, is that you know, when it comes to taxes and some of the costs that are under their control, is please first do no harm. Like, don't increase the cost of operating. There are all kinds of headwinds for businesses right now. Right. They don't need additional costs, and you know, unfortunately. There's a little bit of tone deafness, I think, um, to that. Carbon taxes going up, CPP going up, EI rates. You know, it's so I I think we have to um, continue to amplify and get that message out that uh, governments have to push pause on those increases. And municipal governments, I'm also kind of looking at you, uh, property tax increases are very tough for businesses. They get passed on in higher rents. And we hear about that all the time, too. Mm -hmm. Message to governments, do no more harm. Laura Jones, thanks very much for this. By the way, you're a Vancouver person. Do you plan to visit the PNE this year? That's our poll question this morning you see on the buzz lines. I I just picked my daughter up from the PNE yesterday, uh, which was yesterday or two days ago. Anyway, it was... It was hot, and they had a good time, but it was hot and whatever. But I have no I have no plans to go myself. Well, I'm going to get back on that wooden coaster. It's been a few years. Laura, thanks very much for this. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. We do appreciate it very much. Thanks. Thanks.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.